we have the pleasure of having a round table with women who have come through the other side of abuse. Ifi Ikehua is a speaker, author, coach, wife, mother, and child of God who is helping women break free from abusive relationships. We also have Aisha, a young woman who has chosen her life and family first and put herself in a position to tell her story to encourage and motivate women to find their worth. So when I had the courage to call 911, my son was seven months old. And um, that was the first uh, call I made to um, the police about the abuse. And on that day, my abuser was arrested. His family bailed him out just after a few hours. So he came back home and it, came, it became even worse, not with the abuse, but with the verbal rage. You know, he would always storm out the house, cursing everybody out. And that was when I knew that I had to go. I was like, this is no longer healthy for me. I just cannot be in, you know, a toxic environment like this. And so I left. And that was not the first time I was leaving. I had left three or four times prior to that time, but that was like my breaking point. I was like, no, this is not healthy for me. And the night I left, um, I packed up my suitcases. I put my son in the car and I drove to my job. I didn't have any place to go. And I left um, almost midnight um, because I wanted to be sure that he wouldn't try to stop me. So I left and slept in my car the first night, had no idea what I would do. And the next morning I washed my face, got my friends to take my baby to the apartment and I went to work like nothing happened. Yes. And then a few days later, I got paid. Um, Within that time, I was sleeping on my friend's couch. They were gracious enough to have me stay there. So I did. And after that, I moved into a one bedroom apartment. And at that point, I knew I wasn't going to go back to the marriage, our home, but he pleaded to come back when our son was about a year old. So to celebrate his birthday. So I allowed him to come back into our lives because I was away for about three months. I didn't communicate with him or nothing. And then he comes back after three months to celebrate um, our son's birthday. And after that, we thought, okay, we could work this out. But no, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't um, working. And that was when we decided to separate. And when we did, I didn't know I was pregnant with my second child. So I found that out after he left. And I had to call him on the phone as much as I didn't want to do that, but I had to let him know because he was still my husband at the time. And so I let him know that I was pregnant with our second child and he was happy to hear that, but I wasn't willing for us to be a family anymore because I knew that this was not what I would want to raise my children in. Mm -hmm. And my oldest now is 10, my middle child is eight, and then I have a two-year-old from my marriage now. So for, for, for the stability of my children, um, they know that their mom is a dominator, for sure. Um, they know that I've written books. I have not allowed them to read the books, especially my oldest. He's so curious to know, what did you write in this book? Who is it about? What, you know, he's very curious. And I'm like, 
you're still a child. You know, I wanted him to get to his teenage years before I can hand yeah. him a copy of the book. And I will sign the book to him. Like I'll sign him a copy. And I want to say something. When you are ready to share your story and do all of that, you don't have to drag anyone. You know, when you read my book, it's not a book about my ex. No, I don't have time for that. It's a book about my life, you know, mm -hmm. and I have, I have, you know, the right to tell my story from my own standpoint. Yeah. And if you oppose that, go write yours. But I'm going to tell my story to empower, not to drag anyone. That's not the purpose of writing the book. But um, So that's where my children are. Um, they know that something happened, which is why I'm not with their father. They don't know exactly what it is, but they know something happened. And I've not got into any detail because of their age. Yeah. And um, I want them to get a lot older before I can fully disclose what happened because I want them to have a loving relationship with their father. Um, my relationship with my ex-husband is not, um, I wouldn't say it's, it's a friendly relationship. It's just civil. I just do what I do because I know that it's empowering, you know, and I don't want to not share my story because of how someone else feels. You are the most important person in your life. Because you have reached a place where you can now help others, what would be the first thing they need to know or they need to do to get out of that mindset? Because I love the fact that you said it's a mindset. I truly believe that is the way to drive your life in the direction that you really want to go. Absolutely. So I think the first thing is to recognize that you attract into your life people and experiences. And I say this because we all have choices, right? There is a thought power that is flowing through you that is flowing through me. And as this thought power is flowing to my conscious mind, I get to choose my thoughts. I get to choose which way I want to go, right? I get to choose if I want to be a victim or a victor because it's a mentality. I often say that dominion is a mentality. It starts with the mind. If you can conquer it here, you can have it in your life. And so the first thing is you have to recognize that you attracted the situation you're in into your life. This may not be pleasant. It doesn't mean you should accept it. But you need to be aware of that. Because that's the first wake up call that I am in control and I can attract something else into my life. The same way I have attracted, you know, the unpleasant thing. That's the same way I can attract the pleasant into my life. The second thing that I teach is you have dominion over all things. And you have to know that you are always in control. And I say this because you get to choose your thoughts. You decide what you want to do with yourself. You know, a lot of people will talk about change, but you can't change if you don't know what you want to change into. Right? You've got to decide what type of life do I want? It starts with head. The ball is in my court, is in your court. You don't see someone else as being in control of your life. No, you are in control of your life. Dominators are, they take responsibility. If there's one thing I pride myself in, you know, in, in is that I take full responsibility for my life, whether it's good or bad, because that's the only way you train yourself to become a dominator. That's how you train yourself to become a victor in life and a winner, as opposed to allowing whatever happens happen because it's not what has happened to you that's the problem it's what you're choosing to do about it i went into this marriage thinking this was going to be you know a lifelong journey 
But I had to come to a point where I had to accept that it wasn't working. I had to accept that this was not the life I wanted. So when, when my life was going in a different direction, I said, this was not the picture I saw when I was a little girl. Because when you do achieve something that you think should be like, you know, a place in your life, you realize that there are higher things you can achieve. Has that happened to you before? Like you get to this point, you're like, oh, I'm good. But then you're like, uh-uh, there are several levels to this. I j I'm just starting, like I'm just scratching the surface. And so for me, that is the mindset, you know, the mindset of a dominator. And that's why I wrote my second book called The Dominator's Creed, right? Because yeah. they don't speak like the masses. <laughs> they have a different mindset. You're looking at them like, well, what is this you're talking about? Like, where did you get this whole thing from? But it's it's a training. It's a reprogramming. You know, the Bible talks about being renewed by the transformation of your mind. You know, you stand out, you become a champion because the road and the path is just for a select few. It's a subject that is really deep because... And you've been through something traumatic. Very, very true. Mm. And you talk a lot about the Bible and about God. How much did he influence for you to get through this and then be able to transfer this to so many other women who need to hear this? Absolutely. So my faith is... Um the bedrock of my life. That's the foundation of my life. I don't think I'll be doing anything I'm doing if not for the grace of God upon my life. And I think I had to find God for me. I grew up in a Christian home, but I had to find God for myself when I was going through what seemed to be the darkest season of my life. Little did I know that that moment was going to become the brightest season of my life. Because right now I am walking in my power. I'm walking in dominion. And it's, it's interesting because my life has come full circle, right? <laughs> it's funny because in 2018, I got married to my husband now, my now husband, my second husband. And he is a preacher. And when I got married to him, I never knew that we would go into ministry. That was not the intent. I was just happy to have found someone who understands what it is to live on purpose. Because I was very clear with my intentions and who I was and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to bring to the world. And he was very supportive. And today we are pastors of a church that is a year and a half year old. We started in 2019, but I'm glad that I'm doing that because for me, that's my greatest honor that I get to use my gift to serve God. The way we use what we have been given is how we serve God. Because I'm a vessel. He didn't create me for me to sit here and do nothing. Mm. He created me here to be a voice and to make a way. And when I'm not doing that, then I am not being a good steward of my gift. I'm only a conduit. I'm only a vessel with which God is pouring out his grace. And so mm -hmm. when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm out of alignment and it doesn't feel good. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. When you don't speak up, you are shut down. And for me, that also opened me up to just, know that you know what it doesn't matter what has happened you can actually change the trajectory of your life if i ever look at my past i'm looking to get lessons not because i want to go wallow in regret or self-pity or oh, i wish this went this way no mm. and it falls in place for every one of us we just have to see it because if i didn't go through what i went through 
I will not be speaking to you right now because I wouldn't have anything to share. Let's <laughs> yeah, okay. stop there, right? So it's a blessing in disguise. So I love the fact that I have come to embrace my story. I've come to embrace who I am. I'm not meant to fit in. I'm meant to add value to other people. <laughs> If he started journaling and turned her experience and words into a lifeline for women, her books, Take Dominion and The Dominator's Creed, are available on Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. Get your copy and start your journey. I totally agree with everything that Ify is saying, and and it's refreshing. It's really refreshing to see somebody think like like her. It's, we're very much like minded. I truly I, believe it's all about the mindset in overcoming this. My story is: I was in um, a physical and um, mentally abusive relationship psychological everything it all like if he was saying it started off more verbal more like you know making sure I was put down you know and it was subtle at first it's always very subtle and then after it kind of builds and builds and builds keep in mind at the time I was very young Aisha now would never tolerate that Aisha 15 is more likely to to deal with that because I didn't know what a good man was. For years, um, I was in this relationship. It was really nice at first. It was really, really nice. Women need to be aware of certain signs. Can kind of feel it within your gut that something isn't right, but we'll ignore it. We, we really should not ignore it, the little signs that we have and the intuitions that we have. I, my mother had uh, passed away and when my mother passed away, things got worse. I got, the moment I got more and more vulnerable, that's when things got worse. And then when the person I was with realized I didn't have really anyone in my life, that's when they really start to be on the attack. And it started with verbal, a lot of cheating, like boldly out there, you know, and if I confront, uh, if I confronted him on it, that's when I would get um, physically abused. And I dealt with that for many years. And it's funny that you, ha you had asked, Ayana, that what makes you, what was the question? What makes you stay? Mm -hmm. You, because it doesn't start off with abuse. It starts off really, really nice. And these people are charmers. They they charm you and but some people will will see right through it. But you that's where it goes back. You gotta you gotta follow your gut and your intuition. So many years, it's not like I got um, physically or verbally abused right away. So it came in a little bit later for maybe a year or two, it was nice. And then after went right down the drain, a relationship. And by that, by that time, I felt I was in love. I, I felt like, okay, things could change. 
and then I, I fell into this pattern of uh, of going back to him, leaving and going back. Yes, I, I was in an abusive relationship for many years, but one day my eyes were open. I, o I opened my eyes for my son's sake. I decided that I didn't want to be in this type of relationship having a son. One day I just said no more. It's really God that opened my eyes to this. I, I valued my life because I valued God. I knew that there was more to me than just being th this puppet. And the abuse led me to where I am today. And that's where I am. I took back dominion of, of my life. And, and since then, I never looked back. It's been a journey, but it's been such a good journey. And you know what? I would never, I, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I've been in and out the hospitals and stuff like that. There's been a lot, of, a lot of things that happen. But you know what? I would never change one thing that happened because it makes me who I am today. And today I am not a victim of abuse. I'm, I'm, I am a survivor. I'm a victor. I go to Bible study classes. And that is so, so important to me. And one thing that's uh, that. Um, is talked about in the class that I go to, it's the Institute of Divine Metaphysical Research. We talk about the importance of, of all the stages in your life. Because if I didn't go through all what I went through, maybe I wouldn't be in Bible study class. And that to me is everything. So I needed to go through all of that to get to where I am today. So that's why I would never ever change anything. And everything that you go through, if you overcame it, it makes you far more stronger. I know that I wanted, I was talking to Ify about it earlier, and I think we can just be out open. This is like a round table, right? So let's like, I, I really, I really want to do something about this, this, the domestic violence as is going on right now, you know, 10 women dying already. Yeah, you know, since January. since January is is crazy to me, and I, because I'm a survivor of it, I so want to do something about it. I don't know what to do, but I know I want to do something. So, um, Ify and I are going to talk about it, but like I, I, I really want to be there for anybody that's going through this. And I feel like if I can tell my story, I think it can help somebody. And I love that Ify is really taking that stance and already doing something about it. You've already started. Didn't you go to a march the other day? Yeah, I did go to the march. Yeah. So the 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 march was was really it, it was really enlightening. Um I, I loved the the things that this lady was saying. I forgot her name, who whoever conducted the whole march. I think she was a survivor. She is, she is a survivor of domestic violence. And, you know, some of the things she was saying was, you know, we're not gonna forget this, the, the lady's name. It was a march for Rebecca Harry. And she didn't mention the name of the person who, who killed her. She said, it, we're, it's not about him. We're not mentioning his name. It's about, this is about Rebecca Harry. And we, 
and she would all constantly say, say her name, and everyone would shout out, Rebecca Harry, say her name, Rebecca Harry. And I, I feel that March was for all women that deal with the domestic violence, and it's a wake-up call. This is a wake-up call for all women that are currently in domestic violence. They could take dominion over their life now, and it has to be now. It can't be later because you know when i when i heard that rebecca harry passed i don't even know her you know and we live in the same area we're in la salle when i heard that she passed right away what came to me is that could have been me had i stayed if i stayed that absolutely would have been me it's now that you need to get out of it and you can and like if he was saying yes it's scary. You think that, oh my God, what is, what is he going to do to me if I leave? But what is he going to do to you if you stay? You know, especially if you have kids, like what type of child are you going to raise too? I actually have a, a father that was witnessed domestic, viol domestic violence all his life with his, his father and mother. He, she stayed with him and had five kids. And, all, and, and they witnessed domestic violence all their life. You know, that kind of mess, that can mess you up. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't do anything for the kids by staying. Even relationships where you're just fighting all the time. There's no domestic violence, but you're fighting all the time. I've, se I've seen many stories where kids were like, they, they sit, the parents finally decided to, do, to have a divorce. And this is many years later. And they sit down, they tell their kids and the kids are like happy. They're like, oh, thank God, finally, <laughs> you're going to have a divorce. Because it's like, it, it's, it's torturous to be in that. Be strong and just say no, you know, like, and I'm here for anyone that's going through it. And I know it's hard and I, I know that because I felt very, very ashamed. Imagine you're the one going through it. You feel ashamed that you're in it. And that's the reason why I never said nothing to anyone because I, my pride, you know, like I would never, I actually used to say a long time ago, my, my aunt and my mom and stuff, they would watch Maury sometimes. Sometimes I would, there, there was some episodes of domestic violence and all that stuff. I, I would see these women in these situations or even sometimes like other shows like Oprah and you see the, these shows about domestic violence. I'd always look at look down my nose at the women that were still with the men in, in that were abusing them. And I would say, oh, I would never be in that. They're so stupid, you know? And then I found myself in that relationship. That was very humbling. I found myself in a relationship like that. So for me, like I was not telling anybody because also my family would be saying the same things. So I did, I turned to no one and look, and me, me and Shani, uh, you know, that's my family right there. She never knew I was going through that. So we need to speak out. They want you to keep it on a hush. My phone was broken many, many times. It's so I can be isolated and not speak. Well, I'm speaking. I'm speaking now, and I, I'll tell. I'll talk to the to anybody about this because I've overcame it. Like, the, the, this is a thing. Like, it's it's going to be hard at first. 
if you stay in it, it is a problem. You have to get out, you have to say no when you want out of this. You just have to know that there is, there's somebody out there that will listen and you just, you just got to come out. You just got to come out of it it's for your, for your life. Don't be ashamed. You will overcome it. It's going to be hard, but I, at first I was broke, you know, went to a shelter at one point and everything, but I was the, the happiest broke person in the world when I left, you know? And when you finally speak, oh my God, then you'll, you'll finally be free. I finally put my, took out my pride, called up my dad and let him know what was going on. He didn't even believe it at first, totally, because it's like, it's been so many years that it's been, I've been in this and nobody knew nothing. I knew how to not show up to anybody with bruises and, you know, so uh, you just have to be, be ready and willing to, to, to get out of this. And if you need help, there are support groups. There are, I am here. Um, if he is here, I, she has an, um, an amazing podcast. I've been listening to that podcast. This is why telling your story is important because the way you felt while you were in the relationship is how these women feel. It's great that you're saying get out of it, but it's going to be as difficult for them unless women say what happens after so they can get out of it a lot quicker. So I'm so thankful that you guys are sharing your story to allow other women to see the triggers a lot earlier and hopefully come out on the other side like you guys have done. But I wanted to ask you, in both of your cases, when you were at that point where it was hard, did you have anyone that you could reach out to that you felt would listen to your story and be that support for you? Absolutely. There were, I mean, family, friends, you know, for sure, were there for me. Your family is always going to be there regardless of, you know, what happens. Just like, and it's funny because a family of the abuser was also there in support of their child. <laughs> so, yes. you know, it goes both ways. Let's be clear on that. There is a distinction between the support and the love you get from your family and friends. Those will never go away, right? But for me, um, one of the pivotal moments in my life that I love to talk about is finding a mentor. For me, that was when everything changed. That was the game changer. That was what birthed the books. You know, that was what birthed the, the podcast, the conferences, all the things that I've been able to do. Finding a mentor is a must. Because if you don't have a reason for living, then life could tell you that you're worthless, you know? your condition and experiences could tell you otherwise. I remember one day my brother uh, called me up and he was talking to me about, you know, what was going on. And I went into the spill of everything that was going wrong. <laughs> and he stayed on the phone. He listened. That's family. And then after the conversation, he said, I'm going to stop by and drop you something. So I'm thinking, okay, he's going to come by and drop me groceries for the kids or money or something, right? And then he shows up to my door with a bunch of butts. I look at him like, you've got to be kidding me. 
He said, these are the books I want you to read and study. And if you study these books, they will change your life. And these were books of people like Bishop T.D. Jakes, um, Joel Osteen, Les Brown, Jim Brown, you know, all the big names and motivational speakers that we love because he knew I love to speak. And he said, listen to their stories and listen to what they have to say. And everything began to change. That was when this mindset kicked in. Because one of the things that happens when you are in a physically abusive marriage or a violent um, or a toxic relationship, let's just keep it at that because some people are not married. So for those that are in a toxic relationship, right? The first thing it does is it strips you of your power. You think you're powerless. You get to a point where you think there's nothing else that I can do about this. I'm just going to stay here. One of the things it did was it empowered me to know that you are in control. You can change the direction of your life. You just have to decide to. And a lot of people have not decided that they want better. So it, it boils down to what do you want for yourself? So yes, you are in a toxic relationship, but have you decided that you want something different? Mm -hmm. And wanting something different is not divorce, is not a breakup or whatever. If that is where it leads to, then that's your case, right? You decide on what you want. Because again, like I said, abusers do not change unless they seek help. So if you're thinking that this person is going to suddenly wake up and become a brand new person, then you are lying to yourself. And so when I began to read those books, I fell in love with this mindset and I found Lisa Nichols. Lisa Nichols is a renowned transformational speaker. She has a, a global speaking and coaching business. And I was online just, you know, going through social media like everybody else. And I came across her video and I listened to this presentation and after the presentation, she was talking about her, um, her ex-boyfriend who was abusive toward her and how she broke free from that. She lost her self-esteem. She was depressed. She almost lost her career. And eventually she bounced back and she became this vibrant, you know, global voice. And I related with her story so much because one, I wanted to be a speaker. I wanted to be an author. She was an author. She was a speaker. She was doing all this wonderful things. And I said to myself, that's the person I want to follow. And so I listened to the presentation and I signed up for a coaching program and that changed everything for me. So finding a mentor is very, very key. Some people go through abuse and they come out and simply because they're out of the abuse, they think they're okay. You gotta ask yourself, what is my purpose? That's how you know you're free. If I ask you, what is your purpose for someone who has been through something, you know, toxic or traumatic, the first thing you want to ask yourself is, who am I? How do I define myself? Do I have this power in me? And the answer is yes, you have it. The second question is, am I exercising my power? Am I using it? Because if it's then it's not being used and it's not useful to any of us. Am I serving the people I've been called to? Because that's what has helped me along the way. And just what even um, connected I and Aisha is the course that I created. And I joined the group because I wanted to, one, sample the opinion of people. I wanted to know what was going on in the, you know, in this whole domestic abusive homes, right? What are these women thinking? What's going on in their, in their lives? And so I joined and I found Aisha and I was talking to her about the course that I created that I would launch next month. And I'm going to be teaching this course every single month because I want to see people break free from this. Now, is it complicated? Yes, for some people, it's really complicated. Their life is at stake. I get it. 
But is it possible? It is absolutely possible to break free and live on purpose. It's possible to break free from the shackles that are holding you back. It's possible to break up with shame and guilt. It's very possible. You just need to be showed how. There is a system to this. Nothing just happens. I know how I took dominion. I can teach anyone who cares to know how I did it, what the steps are, because there are steps. So there is a system, there is a methodology. That is amazing. It was really amazing to hear. How are you guys feeling about what's been happening now in the news about like the politicians, how they're, they're throwing, um, I believe it's $425 million into the, you know, the economy. I know you're in the States, but for here in, in Montreal, in Quebec, they're actually throwing a $425 million towards doing something for yeah, violence against women. It's something that's like not even heard of. And what's been happening too is that they're including the indigenous people in it, you know, because they're a big part of, especially in Quebec, there's a big part of, of that in here in Quebec. And so I was like really shocked and amazed and, uh, and happy to hear that. Absolutely. I think that's phenomenal because women need to be empowered, right? Minority people, which women and children and the elderly fall into this category. I think they need to be empowered. They need to be supported. But ultimately, I think every woman needs to stand up for herself. I love what Maya Angela once said. She said, when you stand up for yourself, you're standing up for other women, right? Yeah. Women that you don't even know of, right? Some people call me out of the blue. Sometimes they send me DMs on Facebook or Instagram talking about my book. I don't even know them. But I say that to say, when you stand up for yourself and you use your voice and you use your gift, and you begin to speak in that manner, you have no idea the lives that you are affecting. And every day I get reminded of that. What are you doing in your little corner? What are you doing in your family unit? Even if you're the head of your household, you're a single mother, I've been there, I know what it's like. What are you doing in that state that you're in? You know, How are you changing your environment? How are you becoming better? You know, the Bible talks about if you lack anything, ask. Are you doing the asking? Are you reaching out to people who you know can help you? Or are you just sitting back and waiting for them to come find you? No, you got to go find them. It's a responsibility. If purpose was in plain sight, we would all know what our purpose is. It's not in plain sight. Yeah. You have to go digging, just like gold. Are you going to dig or are you just going to sit there and wait for someone else to come dig it up for you? No, life is personal right? It's so personal. So as much as the government is doing great, we also are responsible for the outcomes of our lives. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you talk about mentorship because I think that's what's lacking with a lot of women. Mm -hmm. What they wait for is for their family and friends to come comfort them, tell them that everything is going to be okay. But if you have a mentor, you have someone that is there to show you not yes. baby you, not say, oh, you know, you'll get through it. It's more like, no, this is how we get through it. Do yes. you want to be at this level? Look at what I'm doing. Find your way. Yes. So I, I'm so happy that you brought that light into this situation because they, they don't usually, people don't correlate that. 
A mentor yeah. is to teach me how to do my career. No, a mentor can show you the way because yes. they've reached that point. And I want to thank you guys for both coming on here and sharing your stories. It's been amazing. It's been eye-opening actually as well. And um, I can't thank you guys enough. If you're living in an abusive relationship, please know that there are resources out there to help you get out and recover. I would like to tell you the resources in Canada, which is the Canadian Network for the Prevention of Elder Abuse, Canadian Resource Centre for Victim of Crime, Crisis Service Canada, Ending Violence Association of Canada. There are also resources for violence against women. The Government of Canada Resources for Family Violence Initiative, Policy Center for Victim Issues with the Department of Justice, End Violence Against Women and Girls, Relationship Violence with the RCMP, Intimate Partner Violence and Abuse with the RCMP, and you can also go online and search the Department of Justice, Ministère de la Justice, and it's justice.gc.ca justice.gc.ca